Welcome to the Lagan Valley Vineyard Podcast. We are a community passionate about seeing Lagan Valley filled with the presence and the teachings of Jesus. If you would like to connect with us or if we can help you in any way, please visit our website, laganvalleyvineyard.com. If we haven't met before, uh, my name's Andy. I'm the senior pastor here. Uh, the clock is now ticking on the moustache. Um, seven days to go, roughly. I know some of you are really excited. Do you know what's weird about facial hair? Is there something about facial hair that makes everybody feel completely comfortable to comment? <laughs> Isn't that strange? Like, you know, if I applied facial hair to the ladies in the room who changed their hairstyles, I don't know if I would be uh, in this job for very much longer, you know? Uh, the number of people that I've walked into meetings with and they've went, look at the state of that. Um, it is for a good cause and the clock is ticking. Well, listen, the music changed in our house this weekend. Um, yeah, uh, Christmas music started yesterday. Uh, we went and bought Christmas trees and all that kind of stuff. Um, we are, uh, the, the clock is, is ticking. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but uh, Mariah Carey uh, in the last year uh, tried to uh, buy the trademark of Queen of Christmas. Like she decided that she was going to self-appoint herself as the Queen of Christmas and that that was going to be her title. Uh, This is true, you can Google it. Uh, Some sensible person uh, told her that that's not actually possible because we all know that the actual Queen of Christmas is Dana Masters, right? Um, So um, um, for those of you who don't know, Dana is my wife and uh, she's more in love with Christmas than any other human I know. And as we kick off our Advent um, journey together, I thought it would be wonderful to invite her to join me. Uh, as we do that. So will you uh, welcome Dana as she comes? There you go. Thank you. Um, we're going to um, look at a couple of verses together uh, this afternoon from Psalm 130. It's page 427 in your uh, Black Bibles. If you have a Bible with you, Psalm 130. We're going to look at verse uh, 4 and uh, verse 5, uh, 5 and 6, sorry, that's why you're here, uh, verse 5 and 6 um, t- together. Just before we go there, um, uh, just by way of, of introduction, uh, the word Advent comes from the Latin Adventus, uh, which literally means coming. And uh, we move into this season really where the whole point is to inhabit a posture of longing and of, of waiting. And um, we carry that into these verses. Psalm 130 verse 5 says this, come Holy Spirit, I wait for the Lord, my whole being waits, and in his word I put my hope. I wait for the Lord more than the watchmen wait for the morning, more than the watchmen wait for the morning. Let's pray for a minute. Father, we welcome you among us in this moment. We invite you to speak to us knowing that you are a God who moves towards us, who longs to meet with us, and who changes us as you speak. Come, be yourself now among us in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Question, how patient are you? 
Like if, if we had like a, a spectrum of patience, right? So 10 is saintly patience and zero is like a two-year-old who wants something that you won't give them. Um, I, I wonder where you would put yourself on that spectrum. If you think you're like over five on the patience scale, just raise your hand for me. Anybody over five? Um, do we need to verify that by spouses? Um, does that number change if we... Uh, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, I was just modeling that. I would be about minus three on the patient scale, I, I think. Um, we were uh, chatting in the office this week with some of the staff uh, about what we used to do while we were waiting for things. So uh, this is really only applicable to those of you who are maybe 25 or older. But do you remember a time in life, whether you were waiting for a bus or in the dentists or, or somewhere uh, where you, you had to wait. I wonder, do you remember what you used to do? Because waiting nowadays, like if you have to wait for anything, this is how waiting looks. Doesn't it? Like that's what we do when we wait. If you if a spare a minute or two, somebody you're meeting hasn't showed up or, you know, you just happen to have a moment, phone comes out and, you know, off we go. There used to be a day. This will be mind-blowing for those of you who are under 25, where people actually just waited. Hannah Toll said that she carried a book around, book everywhere she went. And if she's waiting on a bus or waiting for somebody to show up, just the book came out and, you know, you read a couple of pages or whatever happened. Waiting for me used to look like this. <laughs> it's funny because... Um, our relationship to technology has, has changed our relationship to waiting. Uh, some would maybe argue uh, that it has uh, deconstructed our ability to be patient in any way, shape, or form. Now, before I go on a rant about technology, okay, um, we do have some friends in church that work in tech, and every time I talk about distraction devices or technology, their eyes roll, and I feel like they want to hide a little bit. Um, the reality is technology is a blessing in so many ways, right? Like, there are medical procedures and things that don't kill us anymore as a direct result of the advancement of uh, technology. Without the advancement of technology, namely Google Maps, there is no way I would ever see my wife ever again. Every journey home requires Google Maps, no matter how many times it's been repeated, right? For 14 years, I've been saying, Danny, you need to put Google Maps away, because one day your phone will break or something won't work, and uh, then I get phone calls from random people's houses on house phones. It's me. My phone's not working. How do I get home from here? Where are you? I don't know. <laughs> When it comes to uh, patience, uh, the reality is this is like kryptonite, though. It distracts us. It deconstructs our ability to inhabit a space of waiting. Social media gurus tell us that uh, the most successful viral videos are between five and six seconds long. That if you're involved in any kind of social media, if you can hold people's attention for more than 10 seconds, you're in kind of genius mode. Our ability to wait is being deconstructed daily by our habits. Why does that matter? Well, living into the way of Jesus requires patience. Some of you are like, 
that's not good news. <laughs> the way of Jesus, the way of the kingdom requires patience. I struggle with that. I am God do it now kind of person. That when I look at issues in the world, when I journey with some of you through deep tragedy and pain, I am a God change this now kind of guy. And yet, I can't deny that so much of my life with Jesus has been about waiting. What if the space between wanting and waiting is the space where we actually become more like Jesus. This is really important because I hope you know by now, if you've been a part of this community any length of time, that you know that is the entire point of Christianity. That you would become like Jesus. Christianity is not about God solving your problems. Let me say that again. Christianity is not about God solving your problems. It is about you becoming like Jesus, learning to live his life wherever you find yourself. One of the problems often with the, you know, the little bracelets, the WWJD bracelets, what would Jesus do? One of the real tricky things about that is often when we find ourselves asking that question, we're in a situation that Jesus wouldn't have found himself in. The point of the gospel, the point of Christianity, is that we would be formed in the way of Jesus. There is no Amazon Prime for discipleship. There is no fast track to spiritual formation. We become like Jesus in the waiting. How? Why? Because waiting makes us humble. Waiting reminds us that we are not in control. And waiting removes us from the center of the story. Now, it's important that we do acknowledge that waiting is not all there is. For those of you who've been paying attention, we pray every week, except for maybe the four weeks of Advent, every week we pray a family prayer together. And in that prayer, we say, Lord, let your kingdom come, let your will be done in some future day, in some future place, in some far off land. That's not what we pray. We pray, Lord, Lord, let your kingdom come, let your will be done here in the Lagan Valley and across your world as it is in heaven. That we long for and we pray for God's kingdom to be made real in our lives right now. We believe that when Jesus rose from the dead, his rule, his reign, his being the boss of everything began. That is why we pray for healing. That's why we believe in signs and wonders because we believe that the kingdom of God, the place where what God wants happens, is actually available and accessible to us. But we also recognize it is not yet fully established. We don't have time uh, to go into this in loads of depth this morning, but it is really important for us to understand this, that our theology gets really problematic when it, it's one or the other. When we declare the kingdom of God is here, we just need to pray and all of the miracles, signs and wonders, all of the answers to our prayers will happen. And if they don't happen, that's really on you. Pray harder. Be more faithful. Read the Bible more. 
And then you'll see more of the things you long for. There's no room for suffering, no room for disappointment, and no space for waiting. But equally, if we're on the opposite end of that spectrum, that the kingdom of God is not moving towards us and is not available, then we get lifeboat theology where we just need to hunker down, endure it all, and wait for God to change things in some future far-off date and time. We believe in both. We believe that the kingdom of God through the resurrection of Jesus is available to every single one of us, and yet it is not yet fully here. The kingdom of God is now, and it is not yet. And if that kind of bends your brain a little bit, welcome to life with Jesus. It's full of dichotomy, full of things that don't seem to make sense together, dwelling together. And our challenge is not to run to a more comfortable extreme where our lives have no mystery and no wonder and no wrestle. This moment that we find ourselves in, this journey that we are beginning together, the journey of Advent, is where we intentionally and deliberately sit in the not yet, allowing the longings in our hearts and in our souls to be expressed as we move towards Christmas. Not just in some kind of conceptual way, but as we read the news, as we reflect on our families, as we look at our unanswered prayers, we sit in the waiting, praying, come Lord Jesus. Psalm 130, I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits, and in his word I put my hope. I wait for the Lord more than the watchmen wait for the morning. Yeah. Thank you, Andrew. I have to say, it's so wonderful to be up here with you. Um, I don't tell Andrew often because we know we don't want him to get a big head, but he is one of my favorite speakers. He is. Only up here, though, when we're home, I prefer you to. <laughs> Just a little less. I'm just kidding. I could say also this is the only place I feel like you listen to me. That's <laughs> That's fair. That's fair, actually. Psalm 130 gives us this wonderfully poetic sense of what our posture to waiting and patience should be throughout the whole of our lives. And seasons in our calendar like Lent and Advent give us a wonderful opportunity to practice and recommit our lives to being formed by Christ and not by culture. I think it's incredible the picture that the psalmist paints for us in his writing. He starts, I wait for the Lord, my whole being, with my whole body. I wait. And this Advent season, we're being invited to embody for a few short moments every day. And in the community of family and friends, our commitment to wait for the Lord with our whole being. Stopping, maybe sitting down, quieting ourselves. 
I often tell my children, we try to pray with them and have a family devotion in the evening before they go to bed. It sounds super spiritual, but it's not. It's one of the most unspiritual things I've ever seen in my life. The, the laughing, the bodily noises, it's amazing. But what I've learned with children is you can't just say, be quiet, right? Because really, they only make about 20% of their noise from their mouth. Their bodies are constantly going. They're just so full of energy that I wish I could bottle up and drink for myself because I need it. And so I've learned to say, let's quiet our mouths, let's quiet our minds, let's quiet our bodies. And that's what we're being called to in this Advent season, is to quiet ourselves and to wait for the Lord. He goes on to say, and in his word, I put my hope. This Advent season, you are being invited into a daily interaction with the word of the Lord. I remember being told by some very wise saint a long time ago, you know, Dana, when you're in a hard time, when you feel squeezed and stressed, and you're asking for the help of the Holy Spirit, one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit is to remind you of the word of the Lord. But you make it hard for him to remind you of something that you've never put into your mind. How can we hope in the word of the Lord if we don't know what the word of the Lord is? So this Advent season, we are being invited into a daily interaction with the scriptures, with the word of the Lord. And the last part of the portion of scripture we read this morning in Psalm 130 says, await like the watchmen wait for the morning. And he said that twice, like the watchmen wait for the morning. The imagery here is of an active waiting. Listen, these watchmen, don't you think they knew that their waiting didn't dictate when the morning was coming? The sun was going to rise when the sun was going to rise. They couldn't hurry it up. They couldn't slow it down. But the scripture doesn't give us a picture of watchmen lying down and just going to sleep so the sun can wake them up. They stood and they waited actively watching for what they knew was coming, even if it wasn't coming in the time that they wanted it to come. This Advent, you are being invited to learn kingdom waiting. Not, where's your phone? Not this kind of waiting. Kingdom waiting, which always results in our transformation. That's good news. You see, Advent teaches us to make space and be unhurried. The reality is our lives are very hurried and frantic and busy. Add on that December, okay? And it can feel manic. My December, I I looked in my calendar the other day to discuss with someone of when I would be available to do something and the answer was never. It's not gonna happen. I have no time for anything else. Because for most of us, we're staring in the face of office Christmas parties, family Christmas gift exchanges, decorations to find out of the roof space and and put up. Uh, These stress and the thought of hoping that the turkey you order does not die of bird flu. Right? 
gatherings that you're hosting, meals that you're cooking, and, and add into all that, if I'll say it, if you can't say it, the added pressure of those tricky family dynamics that we're all about to throw ourselves into. And all this is on top of our regular responsibilities and things we need to get done. But this idea of Advent that we're going to do together as a community, it isn't about us or even Jesus trying to turn you into some sort of Zen monk who moves at a snail pace throughout December, chanting lovely, uh, holy things. I don't know what they chant. It's beautiful. I would love to live that life personally. But that's not what we're doing here. Advent is about taking moments of time, pausing in the craziness and choosing to engage, if only for a few minutes a day, in the pace of the kingdom and consistently allowing ourselves to be reminded of God's story and our place in that story. Maybe you've never really participated in Advent, don't really know that much about it. I know I hadn't really done any Adventy stuff. You see, I grew up um, Pentecostal charismatic and Advent was too quiet for us. There wasn't enough swinging from the chandeliers, you know. But maybe you've allowed yourself to get swept up in the hurry, demanding nature of the culture around us and everything that life requires. Maybe you find yourself really burdened down by worry this Christmas time uncertainty. You feel it sort of just bubbling under the surface at all times. Maybe you're here this morning and you would confess to being more influenced by the millions of voices on TikTok and Instagram than by the voice of God. Well, I have good news for you this morning because I found out something really interesting while we were preparing for this talk. For the church, Big C, Universal Church, did you know that Advent is actually the beginning of our calendar. So in a sense, this is our new year, a time for new beginnings. One of my favorite sayings that I've learned from you since I moved here 14 years ago, and, and I repeat it to myself often, is start as you mean to go on. My mother-in-law told me that right before we had children. Start as you mean to go on. So we started putting the bed at 6.30 p.m., and that was great. <laughs> One of the hardest, and yet I know because he's told me, one of the most enriching and precious parts of Andrew's job is when he's invited into someone's or some family's life at the moment of death. And there's rare moments where that includes him being at the deathbed of someone who is transitioning from this life into eternity. And when he comes home and processes those holy moments with me, it is not lost on me that at the end of an earthly life, the only concern a person has is people, their people. But how much time in our lives is spent really investing, enjoying, cultivating 
building, loving our people. I say that because I'm going to be very vulnerable with you here this morning. This is what I'm processing in my life. I read somewhere, anybody love like personality types? Yeah, people do like Enneagram, Myers-Briggs. I love it all. <laughs> Label me all day long. I love it. I want to understand myself. And I've learned that part of my... Me too. <laughs> he says, me too. I've learned... <laughs> I've learned that one of the hallmarks of someone with my personality type is one of the things we fear the most in life is regretting something. And actually, at the moment I heard that, I thought, that tracks with me. Because I, I used to do this little exercise in my mind. I used, this is going to sound really morbid, but stay with me here. It's not as bad as it sounds. Where I would picture myself as a 90, what, well, let me try to see. I'm going to choose my age of which I want to die, Okay. That sounds bad. 98, that sounds good. A 98-year-old woman in my bed, surrounded by my family, preparing for my own transition into eternity. And I would always think, what will I be thinking of in that moment? Will I care about this gig? Will I care about this tour that I didn't go on? Will I care about the money that was in the bank? Will I care about whether I had a bigger house, a better car? Will I care if I was clothed head to toe in the newest fashions my entire life? You know, in 30, 40, 50 years from now, I want to look up and see a family that Andrew and I planted with the help of God, a thriving family, not a perfect family, but a loving family, a family not of cultural Christians or traumatized former believers, but a family, a garden overflowing with love for Jesus, love for the word of God, and love for each other. And if I want that garden in my future, if I want that, it's not enough just to hope for it, is it? Then I've got some work to do. And it's not quick work. It's not instant work. It's not Amazon Prime work. This is long obedience in the same direction work, as Eugene Peterson says. If I want that garden in my future, then it's time to start planting, watering, and waiting. The holy waiting. Now, I got the most amazing opportunity. You guys, we are so blessed in our community the people who lead our community, God has gifted them so deeply with what they need to lead us. And one of the people that I just, it just boggles our mind every time when we talk about that he is, he's part of our community, is Stuart Bothwell. And if you've been here for any length of time, we've all benefited from his beautiful thoughts and teaching 
around the kingdom of God and around formation and discipleship. And I somehow talked Stuart Bothwell into writing a resource with me, a book with me for you for this Advent. Now, I said, will you write it with me? And he's like, yeah. And then I let him write like 75% of it. (laughs) In my defense, I mean, it's Stuart Bothwell, okay? But the two of us uh, got to write this book for you. It's part of a, it's a smaller part of a larger project that we're working on and hoping to sort of roll out in the next couple of years called Habits of the Home. And this is the Advent, Advent edition. And Habits of the Home is our gift to you to help you live out and embody this Advent season in your home. Doesn't matter if there's only one person in your home or 15. This is for you. It doesn't matter if you're a newborn or you're 102. This is for you. We are at the door of Advent. And there's an invitation today for you to turn the handle and to come in. That in the midst of the cultural chaos of Christmas, the Father has saved a seat for you at his table. This Advent is a moment to begin cultivating the practice, that long obedience in the same direction that produces a beautiful garden for the glory of God. Now, just a side note for this kind of stuff. When we give these books out, I want you to take one for every reading member of your family, okay? These books are meant so that everyone can participate, all right? Also, to help you know how to use the books, there's a how to use this book page in here. There's also podcasts that are gonna be released uh, later on, actually early this week, maybe Monday or Tuesday. In one of those podcasts, we teach you how to use this book. If you don't receive our emails, get yourself on the email list by going to the website, okay? And we'll let you know when all this stuff is coming out. And as if he wasn't already perfect to us, Stuart Bothwell also decided that he was going to do one of his very Stuart Bothwell-y things and create a Christmas playlist for you. One for every week of Advent, okay? Are you kidding me? This, Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> this is so good. I'm, I'm excited and I've known about this for weeks, okay? Now, these are available for you to pick up here this morning. I want to say something to you. Don't feel any obligation to pick this up. If you have an Advent tradition that you do and you love it, you keep doing it. You don't have to do this. Pick this up only if you intend to use it, okay? And that'll help us with our numbers, All right? Now, if you have any questions about this or you want to give them away to someone, please email us because we want to help you do that too. All right? We have a response this morning. I do believe that the Holy Spirit has been working in us around this idea of waiting, of growing deep roots as a community, that generations from now, 
how we have lived our lives and allowed ourselves to be transformed by the Holy Spirit. We will see fruit from that generations from now. The fruit that will come from this community, a lot of us won't even be alive to see. And that is good news. So I know that the Holy Spirit has been working in you and speaking to you. So I want to give a little bit of a space for you to respond this morning. Okay, and we're going to do two things to respond. Um, the worship team's going to come on up just to get themselves in place. The first thing we do before we do it, I'll tell you exactly what it is so you're prepared. We're going to sit in silence. And I'm going to ask you to be a little bit like me and go have one of those imagination moments. I want you to picture yourself 30, 40, 50 years from now. Okay? And I'm going to ask you, what kind of person are you then? What kind of relationships do you have? What's your relationship like with your brothers, your sisters, your neighbors, your nieces, your nephews, your friends, your community that you live in, your spouse? your children. In essence, I'm asking you to imagine your garden. The second thing we're going to do to respond is when the worship team has finished leading us in worship and you're dismissed, I am going to be out in the foyer handing out these booklets. And if you're committing to go through Advent with us as a community this year, you're committed to practicing the holy waiting. I want you to come meet me and get your books, okay? So if you will, would you close your eyes for me? I'm not going to do anything weird. I'm going to stay up here. But I want you to take yourselves and your imagination, invite the Holy Spirit. Our imagination is such an incredible thing that the Lord has given us. I believe that he speaks through us through our imaginations. I want you to imagine your garden, your family, your community in 20, 30, 40 years from now. And don't hold back. Make it your wildest dream. Now, I want you to hold that picture in your, in your head and in your heart. And I want to gently say to you, if you want that, what are you going to do now? It's time to start planting and watering and waiting and planting and watering and waiting. I'm going to leave us a moment of quiet for a little bit. And in that moment, if you feel like, yeah, I think the Lord's asking me, 
I think the Lord's asking me to commit my life to that long obedience in the same direction. To be marked by faithfulness. To meet him in Advent. And to relearn how to do holy waiting. Then I want you to stand right where you are. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. We're not rushing. We've quieted our hearts. We've quieted our minds. We've quieted our bodies. And we say it's our joy and our pleasure and our honor to live lives that wait for you. For some of you, you have been in a very long period of what feels like painful waiting. I just want to encourage you this morning and say the Lord is there. He is with you. Thank you, Jesus. The band this morning are going to lead us in worship one more time. And when that's done and when you're dismissed, I will be in the foyer with the new Advent books. Would love to see you, and I would love to give you one or two or three or four or five. (laughs) 